Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the Eighth Commandment is pretty simple. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Most of us were taught in confirmation class that this commandment is mainly about gossip, that our false witness most often has to do with the way that we talk about one another to third parties. And that's certainly true. But the fact is that this commandment in its very simplest meaning has to do with what's said in the public courts of justice. And that's what we see in our gospel text for this evening. As we're working through this series uh, in Lent, focusing on Jesus' passion and God's call for us to repent and return to him, we're looking at several of the events that occurred along the way as Jesus went to the cross for us and for our salvation. And we're looking at and examining the sins that were committed. And the idea behind it is that as we do that, as we look at the sins committed, that it would help us to recognize our own sinfulness. That we are all sinful in thought, word, and deed, in what we've done and in what we've left undone. And as we recognize our own sinfulness, that we would also hear God's call to return to him. And that we'd hear that call as a loving word spoken to each and every one of us as dear children of God. God invites us to trust in him for our salvation that was won for us through the cross of Christ. Now, looking at our gospel text for this evening, it takes us to a dark place. Jesus had just been betrayed by Judas. The temple guards have seized him and hauled him off to Caiaphas, the high priest, where all the scribes and the elders had gathered. And they've decided now that they were going to put Jesus to death, presumably to protect their own power and position. And they are determined. They're determined to complete this task by any means necessary. They're willing to do whatever it takes to get rid of this Jesus, to destroy him, to kill him. Matthew 26, verse 59, it says, Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus, that they might put him to death. Now, it's worth stopping there and just thinking about that sentence for a minute. They were actively looking for someone to offer lies under oath with the intention of putting Jesus to death. I mean, how evil do you have to be that you're willing to seek false testimony in order to put someone to death? But it gets worse. Going on, Matthew says, they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. Again, how evil do you have to be that you're willing to offer false testimony, knowing full well that it's intended to lead to somebody else's death? All that aside, those actions clearly conflict with the Eighth Commandment in its most obvious meaning. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And so we observe that sin that comes out in this sham trial of Jesus. But we don't really feel it. 
at least not in a very personal way, because most of us have never been put in a position where we've had to testify in court against someone else, falsely or otherwise. But Luther, as he does so very well, stretches our understanding of this commandment. And in doing so, he brings down the law and the weight of the law on each and every one of us. This, com this commandment, he says, forbids all the sins of the tongue by which we may injure or offend our neighbor. Luther writes this in the large catechism. It is a common pernicious plague that everyone would rather hear evil than good about their neighbors. Even though we ourselves are evil, we cannot tolerate it when anyone speaks evil of us. Instead, we want to hear the whole world say golden things of us. Yet, we cannot bear it when someone says the best things about others. Our false testimony often consists of the rumors and innuendos that we utter about other people. The whispered, did you hears, and the murmured, you're not going to believes, that so easily slip off of our tongue. All those half-truths and outright lies that we speak about our brothers and sisters without even speaking directly to them first. The slander and the backbiting that we too often delight in sharing. And Luther boils it down like this, again from the large catechism. No one shall use the tongue to harm a neighbor, whether friend or foe. No one shall say anything evil of a neighbor, whether true or false, unless it's done with proper authority or for that person's improvement. Now, when we look at the Eighth Commandment and its meaning, we realize that we have all broken this commandment. Every person in the world has broken this commandment, and we're deserving of punishment for that sin. The law convicts us. It convicts us and it tells us we are most certainly guilty. But God calls us to a different path. He invites us to return to him. To turn and leave behind our sins of false witness and see that he has something different for us in mind. God protects our reputations through the kind words that others speak about us. And he encourages us to be a part of that. To know, first of all, that Christ endured all that false witness in Jerusalem in order to reconcile us to God and to win, all, win forgiveness for all of our sin, including our sin of false witness. And secondly, then, to empower us to speak the best about others, to help us protect others' reputations, and to always put the best construction on everything. Much like Paul after his road to Damascus conversion, when he was empowered to turn from his false witnesses about Christ in order to speak the very best about our Lord and Savior. We get to as well, all because of what Christ has first done for us. That's the blessing of being church, of being God's people getting to talk well of each other, speak well of each other, and encourage one another. Now, how many of you growing up heard the, the teaching, you know, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all, right? We've all heard that, and certainly there's some wisdom in that. 
I think God calls us to a different approach. Again, listen to Luther's meaning of the Eighth Commandment. He says, we should fear and love God so that we may not deceitfully belie, betray, slander, or defame our neighbor, but defend him. Think and speak well of him and put the best construction on everything. And so instead of not saying anything at all, the Lord directs us that we are to say something. We are to speak well of each other. We are to put the best construction on everything. And that's so important for us as church to do that. Not only for each other's benefit, but for the benefit of the world in which we live. We live in a world that, that is torn apart by sins of the tongue. And James talks about that in, in, in James chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, where he writes, So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, standing the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. In the midst of a world that is so quick to put each other down for our own gain, to be offended rather than put the best construction on things, we as church are called to speak differently. We're called to speak well of each other and to encourage each other, to build each other up, to pray for each other, and to speak well to each other as well, to speak God's grace to one another, to speak his love to each other, and to share forgiveness with each other. And what a wonderful thing it would be as we do that together to be able to give witness to the world of, of how to speak well of each other. Now, I say that knowing that we will still fail. We all struggle, and, and in our sinful flesh, we're not going to be able to do that perfectly. And that's where we once again rejoice in our Lenten series of that wonderful invitation that we receive to return to the Lord, to return to the Lord and receive his forgiveness. And not only that, but after receiving that forgiveness, to give that forgiveness, to speak that forgiveness to others. What better thing is there to speak than that? To speak God's grace, to speak his forgiveness, to speak his love. And so brothers and sisters in Christ, return to the Lord. Return to the Lord and receive his love and his forgiveness and his grace. Together we turn away from our sins and we look to serve the Lord and to serve our neighbor by speaking well of them, by encouraging them, by speaking God's love and grace to them. Knowing that God equips us with everything that we need to do that, to, to be brothers and sisters in Christ and to live in the love that he showed us by going to the cross for us, by going to the cross to forgive us, to give us new life in him a new and eternal life through Christ alone. In his name, amen.